Welcome to the Vinny Rock Podcast. Podcast. I took the blows and did it my way. It's time. The Vinny Rock Podcast. What's up, y'all? It's uh, Vincent Vargas, obviously, with the Vinny Rock Podcast. Uh, we just want to say thank you for everyone who's been supporting us and watching us, who's subscribed to our YouTube channel where you can watch the full length of our podcast. Just want to take this time to talk about several of my sponsors. You guys already know one of my main ones is Core Medical Group. I've been with Core Medical Group for about six years. Uh, they're outstanding. They work with a lot of the military and uh, veterans and special operations communities all around you, the people that you are near and dear to. Core Medical Group services them. Uh, is one of the most important things men can do for their mental health is get their blood work checked yearly. So if you guys have any questions, hit me up about Core Medical Group. But uh, another one of my sponsors is GMR Gold and Bullion Box. GMR Gold is is a company that sells precious metals, gold and silver. Currently right now, you guys already know the trends. There's gold is through the roof right now and what, it, what, what the value is of it. Uh, I enjoy buying uh, my subscription-based model with the bullion box, monthly subscriptions coming to my house. So me and the kids can enjoy opening it up and have some good times with it. I've obviously hit some before in the past. I'm gonna hit some more in the future, hide some more in the future so you guys can go enjoy doing a little bit of a treasure hunt because I enjoy doing things like that for y'all. Another one of our sponsors is Modern Gun School. It is an online, uh, from your own home, learn how to be an armor, right? This school has all the certifications you need to be an armor. You can do this at the comfort of your own home. They take the GI Bill. They take the voc vocational rehab uh, um, benefit as well. So you guys have any questions, trust me, this is a really good company. Several of my close friends have used this and have been super proud of it and super excited about it. So if you guys are interested in being armors in the comfort of your own home, please go check them out. As well as Everest.com. Everest.com is a trading post for outdoor goods. If you guys are outdoorsmen, if you guys like to camp, hunt, fish, you can find everything you need at Everest.com. Go check them out. We have several other sponsors coming on board here soon. We're really excited about them. I'll talk to you about those later on. But right now, we're just super excited about the growth of the podcast. And we want to continue to grow this podcast. So please like, share, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go check it out on iTunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for being a guest or for being a fan and supporter of the Vinny Rock Podcast. Take care. Oh, cool. How do you say your last name? Bayoso. Bayoso. Yeah. Is that like, what does that mean in English? It's like, uh, I say it's like beautiful bear. Yeah, I would say, beautiful yeah. Beautiful bear or something so like Bayo. that. Or pretty bear or something like that. I like that. Mm -hmm. I can see yeah. that. And you're Puerto Rican 100%? Pu yeah, Puerto Rican, yeah. Why'd you get to Dallas? We got you to Dallas. So, my wife and I, we pretty much grew up in California. She's Puerto Rican too? No, she's black. Oh, okay, gotcha. She's black. So my wife, she so with me, I've I'm recording. So I mean, anything you don't want to say, don't say. No, no, no. You okay, good? Good. Uh, and I'm an open book, man. Let's talk about cool. whatever. Um, I moved around a lot in my life. So was born in Torrance, moved around to to Portland, Oregon, moved down to Sacramento, and then moved to so Southern California. So moved a lot in my life, right? Um. I think I went to like six different elementary schools and three different high schools, like some crazy stuff. Um, so I've been all over California and my wife, she only moved one time in her life. When she was two, she moved to the Inland Empire. Yeah. 
and she stayed in the same house her whole life. So I'm moving everywhere and whatnot. It's chaotic. And she's only stayed in one spot. We meet in Southern California in Ontario and uh, we just wanted to change. That's yeah. it. We just wanted to do something different. Um, I felt that, you know, it's time to get out of our comfort zone and try something different and stretch ourselves. And she was like, let's do it. You know, cool. I've never moved. You're used to moving. So we love to travel. We traveled around a couple of different states and we came to Dallas. We liked it. And we said, why not? Cool. Um, no kids. And we said, look, if it doesn't work out, we go somewhere else or we go back home. And we've been here for two years now. And no complaints. Yeah. You know, definitely. I think what was really important and critical for us is finding a community. And we found a community of people that we can lean on. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. So is it your hat? I see. Is it church? The church. The church cool. Yeah. What's a uh, shoreline city church? Is it Christian? Christian. Yeah. Is it a certain dominant? I think it's non-dominational. Yeah. Non-dominational, um, the church, but also just meeting friends. You know, right. you know what having a podcast, creating content, you're always networking and whatnot. Yeah. So like before I even came out here, I had like five people that I had on the podcast that were living in Dallas. Oh, really? So as soon as we touched down, like we tapped in with everybody and like it was it was just a vibe. Hey, those of you listen, um, I, I brought in someone that I've been working with. His name's Chris. Uh, we, we met. How did we originally meet? I think on LinkedIn. Is, is that what it was? Yeah, I think LinkedIn. <laughs> so, dang, how did we meet? So, like, so I'll say this. We, we moved here to Dallas about seven months ago. I knew I was launching the podcast again. I knew I was setting up my studio and um, I was looking for, uh, yeah, it was LinkedIn. Yeah. So, I kind of made a post and he reached out. So, Chris now runs the back end of our podcast. He does all the digital content. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also Latino and he also has his own podcast. And as I, the reason why I'm inviting him today is usually it's people that I personally really know um, or I have a connection with in some way. But Chris, really, we've just been talking business every day. We're kind of connect back, back, and, back and forth about the podcast. I need this out. What do I need this? How do we do it better? And um, with his experience with the podcast, he's helped us kind of create you know, the reasons why we try and upload our podcast every Friday mm-hmm. and sometimes it's late because of me mm-hmm. uh, is because of Chris. And <laughs> yeah, so me as well. <laughs> we're trying to stay on board because, yeah. because of what you've recommended yeah. for us. You know what I mean? Uh, because I'm kind of the fly at the seat of my pants type motherfucker, mm-hmm. bro. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I don't care about schedules. I don't care about like in the mm-hmm. professional world, I'll be professional. But in my world, if I have to get held to those kind of standards, it stresses me a little out. Mm-hmm. And so I try not to. But when you recommended it, I say, hey, hey Mike, we're doing this every Friday. Mm-hmm. We're trying to drop it. And so, and then I text you this morning. I say, hey, I upload that podcast. Can we get it by Friday? <laughs> we got to do it. <laughs> got to do it. <laughs> got to make it happen. But, you know, what I thought would be interesting conversation to say, and really wherever it goes, it goes. But um, when I when I put the book out, being Latino in America is a very interesting time. Mm-hmm. And and some of the audience right now will probably turn this off because it's probably not a topic they give two shits about. And that's perfectly fine. But I think this is important to talk about when we're talking about my life, but also now your life, as well as like how you see the world. I'm curious, bro, because I find myself in a very interesting spot. I wrote a book about the Border Patrol. People who understand the Border Patrol, who believe in, you know, homeland security, believe in protecting the nation, will support the book. People who uh, are conservative will support the book just because on the fact that conservatives will support this, right? If you go towards the liberal side, they probably won't even read it and they are against it because backlash. Yeah. A lot of backlash because they don't agree with the border patrol. Uh, you'll hear the conversation. Someone like AOC will say defund ice. Mm -hmm. Um, and so their side of the argument was really interesting to see because 
the way I wrote the book was not conservative. The way I wrote the book was not liberal. The way I wrote the book was more centrist ideologies, but also when I break down immigration, I felt it should fall more centrist if you mm -hmm. look at the the overall ideology of it. Now, in saying all that, I don't expect you to talk about the border stuff tonight <laughs> or anything, but what, what's interesting to me is being Hispanic in America, um, there's a lot of people who talk about, you know, racism or they say, they say, uh, what is it? Uh, systemic racism, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and we'll just jump into that. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you believe in systemic racism? Explain to me what you see in that, just that word alone, systemic racism. Yeah. So could you break down for maybe the audience out there and me as well, like systemic racism in your opinion, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, systemic racism, it, what for me, I'll tell you this, I don't, see it mm -hmm. i don't uh maybe more so in perspective wise i don't allow it to mm -hmm. affect me in the sense that most people do but i in the conversations i have recently even on just tiktok the other day some guy said well you're not addressing systemic racism in america mm -hmm. and i said okay but you want me to address systemic racism and i said that exactly like where like tell mm -hmm. me where you mm -hmm. want me to address that because in the other comment someone says oh you're a hard shell taco eating motherfucker aren't you <laughs> That is crazy. <laughs> so, That's crazy. Right, so I'm getting hit, uh, I'm getting hit from every angle. Plus yeah. that motherfucker don't know I'm also half Puerto Rican motherfucker. Yeah. So Puerto Ricans don't eat tacos like that, yeah. right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you 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 don't yeah. dig culturally into this yeah. motherfucker. You don't yeah. call the fuck down, bro. That's crazy. But so I'm getting shit on everywhere you can think of, and it's funny. But when someone says systemic racism, like mm -hmm. you're not addressing systemic racism. Um, for me personally, I understand we can take it back to like mm -hmm. historical like if we jumped into the time machine and say oh this country was was taken um i personally in someone who's been to combat don't see it as taken more so it was you know what i mean it was colonized mm -hmm. yes yeah, so we, we can't deny the history of it but when you say systemic racism a lot of people believe that uh the white um side of america has kind of uh oppressed uh the the colored persons of color mm -hmm. um and i'm not oblivious to racist mm -hmm. racist to racist people mm -hmm. i've seen my share of racist people mm -hmm. uh personally i have not allowed the idea of racism to slow me down mm -hmm. and i would say that because i don't personally believe in the ideologies of systemic racism that affects me personally mm -hmm. uh, i would say more in the fact that a lot of people want to blanket statement throw systemic racism is why uh, persons of color don't mm. have opportunity. Mm. And when they throw that blanket statement out there, it frustrates me because I think it's almost like a crutch. Yeah. And yeah. it's not to me, it's not fair yeah. to say that. And without bringing context to mm -hmm. it, like you just asked. Right. Mm -hmm. And you have a podcast. What's your podcast? Latin Wealth. And why do you why did you create a podcast called Latin Wealth? The reason why we created it is because we wanted to fill a gap and avoid in the marketplace. So when you look at media platforms, when you look at different podcasts out there, there's not many of us creating content about business, entrepreneurship, financial literacy. That's just not. Um, right. There are a group of us that are doing it, but we need to continue to push that narrative and have that conversation. And I think there's you know definitely no Puerto Ricans doing it. Yeah. So as a creator, you know, in my opinion, when you see that boy, when you see like, yo, there should be somebody out there doing something like this or someone like me doing this, that's your opportunity to step into that void. Yeah. So that's all we did. So do you think the reasons why there isn't a lot of us doing that is because of systemic racism? 
No. Why do you think that? Hmm. I mean, the reason why I think that, I mean, we're living in America where you have the ability to set up your phone, set up a, yeah. a microphone and, and do it yourself and make it happen, put it out there. Yeah. I don't think when it comes to, you know, what I'm doing, there's nothing that was holding me back to create content to fill that void. Do you feel like because you're Puerto Rican, it's different? than what someone maybe who is Mexican who's had to struggle or illegal Mexican or come over illegally and tried to have to become a citizen. And I asked this, mm -hmm. like, look, I'm Puerto Rican too, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I asked this because I'm trying to answer the question for myself mm -hmm. that other people hit me with. And I'm mm -hmm. just, just having a kind of an intelligent dialogue between two, two thinkers. I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is hard is hard. Yeah. Right. You go through something that's hard, that's challenging, that's difficult. I've been through things that have been hard, challenging, and difficult. Um, I've experienced racism before. I don't know if we hit record or not, but yeah, I yeah, lived, it's recording. No, 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 I'm saying in the beginning when I was telling you that when I, I lived in Portland, Oregon, I mean, I lived in Portland, Oregon in the early 2000s where like I think 70, 80% of the state was white yeah. and we experienced a lot of racism. Yeah. Um, but my point is, is like hard is hard. You know, you had your fair share of struggles and so have I, you know, and, um, to me, I just I just leverage that as motivation, as, as fuel to accomplish the things that I want. You don't have kids yet, man. So so it's interesting. How do you want your kids to be raised? Right. To believe mm -hmm. that there's this figment of their imagination mm -hmm. slowing them down or it's all going to be determined on how they how they perceive the world and the hard work. Right. right. I mean, that's how that's how I've been trying to see. So I've read. But I, was, I mean, let me ask you this. Yeah. So I don't I don't want to be oblivious to maybe what other people's opinions out there so there was recently a situation where um i think forgot the name of the bank but they were denying a lot of people a lot of latinos from getting different loans home yeah. loan bank loan or um car loans and things yeah. of that nature based on um their ethnicity yeah and what, so what do you think about that do you think oh that's racist yeah <laughs> like but do like, you think that yeah. is systemic racism yeah, I think that probably could be something yeah. that that would be defined as a systemic racism, right? right? Because the 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 bank themselves probably felt that uh, throughout their statistical fucking proof that maybe that uh, sub demographic wasn't able to pay their loan on right. time, right? right? Like which there's different you know socioeconomic positions for every yeah. fucking race, so yeah. so that's that's a blatant like racist, and I think everyone would agree, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so that is like. I think that is part of the system. So the systemic racism blanket thing that people talk about, I think there is a truth to that in a mm -hmm. sense, but I think it's, it's like, a, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, I even hate the whole, like, uh, personally, uh, I grew up during the, the prop 187, right. Mm -hmm. Prop 187 in LA at the time was like, kind of like equal, equal, um, diversity. Right. So mm -hmm. trying to hire f equally across the for board. Sure, for sure. And I remember like people were like, Oh, this is good. This is bad. Blah, 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 blah. But for what I saw of it, as I got older, I was like, well, why wouldn't I, me as a business owner would hire the best person and not really ethnicity. I don't, I wouldn't, I don't really mm -hmm. give a fuck about ethnicity personally. I don't care about sex. I don't care. I don't care about anything. I want the best motherfucker for the job mm -hmm. personally. But what the reason but not everybody thinks like that, right? Not everyone thinks yeah, like that, yeah. right? No, no. A lot of people don't think like that's why 100%. I'm a target. That's why yeah. I'm a target for having yeah. this stuff. Right. Because, because I think like, uh, well, cause, but so good. It's just systemic, systemic racism is like, 
because a lot of people believe that systemic racism is what slows them down, mm-hmm. is what keeps them in poverty, is what um, doesn't allow the growth of their culture. Mm-hmm. I don't see it that way. And maybe because, and I can admit, maybe because I'm very fortunate that the way my parents have raised me, maybe because I seen where my mother comes from, from, from my mother yeah. who would pick fucking cotton, right, to being successful enough to own a house from being someone who's financially literate, right? Mm-hmm. Who's able to retire and live in a retirement uh, community where they just hang out all fucking day, right? Very fortunate path. I'm growing. I'm a part of that, uh, but I'm not too far removed from my grandmother who came over mm-hmm. illegally, who stole the identity of her sister to be mm-hmm. in this country. So mm-hmm. I'm not that far removed from it. The Mexican side of me. Mm-hmm. So I see the side of the struggle of the Mexican community but when I've read the past like five or six fucking books, because I'm I'm not I'm not a, the type of motherfucker that closes my eyes to and say oh, I don't know what your point of view is. Fuck right. you. I'm the type of like, well, let me read more about your point of view. Let mm-hmm. me understand your point yeah, of view. Because if I don't understand, like I can't articulate an, a strong discussion or even argument against it if I fucking don't know it. I'm not the I'm not the ignorant motherfucker that says I don't care what you think. Here's mm-hmm. what I think. That's not how I roll, bro. I've just never been the type of motherfucker. I mm-hmm. think I think those are the ignorant people that can destroy a country easily by not knowing both sides of every story and kind of mm-hmm. making a, a kind of a, a, a their own opinion based on their own idea right 100%. you know what i'm saying i mean i have there's yeah. uh, there's a book right there by carla Poof, let me grab it. yeah there's another one i'm reading now um so this book right here this is written by an undocumented mm-hmm. uh migrant who came here who eventually went to harvard and eventually graduated from um yale okay and she she believes in systemic racism mm-hmm. like massively. This gentleman right here grew up, got a degree from Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Same thing. He believes in systemic systemic racism, and he believes that you know this country is a targeting mm-hmm. Hispanics and Latinos. And I thought it'd be a good discussion to bring you on board just because I don't get to talk about this. Yeah, with you. it's tough because, and maybe I may not be the best person to ask that question because how my mentality is is. Um, I'm blessed to live in America yeah. where there's opportunities and um, I can, like I said, I can set up my phone and I can start a podcast. I can pretty much do whatever I want. I can create something out of nothing out here. Yeah. Um, and I just have the mentality where I, I just got to make it happen. You know, no matter, you know, what my right. family's been through and, you know, my, I was telling you that my mom had me when she was 17. Next day she turned 18. She was a kid herself, yeah. you know, and working two jobs and just going through all types of BS. I mean, you still got to make it happen. I still got to make it as if I want to make it happen. And I do. Yeah. I think, you know, was, I think people got to want it. Yeah. I think it was Denzel Washington who said something like, yeah, there might be racism, but if you, if you believe in it, that's probably worse. Right. Like, as in like, if you allow it to consume you essentially, yeah. it, it, now obviously I'm paraphrasing how he said it, but what I took from it was essentially is like, yeah, we could acknowledge it, but then that changes your perception of life mm-hmm. and it actually kind of, I mean, if we want to get psychological, like on the psychology of it, like you, you genuinely create the crutch. You mm-hmm. definitely create the, that the world is against you and that ideology itself. You know, there's a study of these fleas. It's a really cool study. So I'm currently writing a book about this. And I'm trying to really get deeper into it. So mm-hmm. I, th- and I don't have enough people that are Latino to talk to directly about this. And so I kind of thought like, let's, it'd be fun to have you here anyway, since right. we're, since your podcast is focused on Latinos anyways. But there's a study where they put these fleas in a jar right and they covered the lid Mm. and so it stopped the fleas from allowing them to jump to Mm. the full depth Mm -hmm. right and so then eventually they removed the lid and the fleas never 
for the rest of their existence never jumped, jumped past out. it. Never jumped no. out. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's, it's, it's, it's kind of like it's social, um, uh, what do they call it? it it's, 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 it's essentially you're training them that they mentally will never be able to get past that again. And we do that in America currently. We're doing that. And my fear, mm-hmm. in, in, and I know I'm talking my ass off here, and, and, and I'll let you rebuttal no, on no, this. No, I'm, I'm here. But my, my fear for this, there's another study. Who was going to the other study too? These, these rats who were swimming and, and they, they swam until they, they died. It was like 16 minutes. And then the next group of them, they swam until right before they got to yep, fuck. Yep. And then they took them out. Right? Yep. And then they put them back and, and they the swam for 60 they, fucking hours. Yeah, some crazy. Yeah. 60 fucking yeah. hours. Again, it is up the power of the mind, right? That mm-hmm. one shows the power of the mind. The other one shows like a kind of social uh, uh, programming, essentially. Mm-hmm. Like you're programming those fleas to know they cannot jump no more because I've given you a, a top. The other one is showing like uh, what resiliency can mm-hmm. be if you believe that there's a chance. Yeah. Just the thought of belief that they could get rescued is why they kept holding right. on for that moment of being rescued. I think there is like, um, I don't know if it was a study, but like at a circus back in the days when they would, you know, hold the, these elephants, right? These big giant elephants, they weigh like two three tons and whatnot um they would uh put a stake in the ground and then put a rope around the stake and then put a rope around the elephant and anytime the elephant would move from the stake they would hit it right they hit the stake or the they would hit the elephant and kind of like in a way to where like if you want to leave or you try to leave like you're going to get hit but the elephant can easily pull the stake out of the ground. So I say it to say something similar, um, you know, the elephant can just be there by itself, never knowing that he can actually pull that thing out the ground, probably destroy everything in his way. But his mentality is like, if I try to leave, if I try to go, if I try to advance, something's going to happen to me. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's exactly it. That's so in that same sentence, these high academics, right. these academics that have a degree farther than I'll ever, I'll never get a Harvard degree. Mm-hmm. As much as I'd want to, I don't see it being possible. I'll never go to Yale, I'll never go to Berkeley, all these 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 places that are renowned and, and, and fucking people look up to and be like, man, that's a great degree. I'll never get those. And they're the thinkers mm-hmm. of our Latino community. Mm-hmm. They're the beacons of light that people are like, oh mm-hmm. man, look at these these thinkers, these advanced, educated uh, writers who, who speak on the topics of Latinos in America. But everything they're saying is victimizing. In my opinion, it feels that they're attacking almost America in the sense is like, if you read them, they're all talk about like whites, mm. whites. Well, the white wants you to do this. The whites want you to do that, which in my head feels very fucking racist mm-hmm. when you're turning around and re-engaging another race and using that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As the attack. And so yeah. I felt like, man, I'm reading these. I'm like, man, I don't know if, I don't know, but I don't like reading this because it feels uh, really victimizing, mm-hmm. you know, and there's some good topics and there's just some good points to, to history. There's some good points to, to, to different things about immigration policy. I agree. There's, there's a lot of weird stuff, but when you continue to demonize the same country, paradoxically, mm-hmm. it's given you the opportunity to get an education at fucking Harvard. I feel like it's almost contradictory. Mm. You know what I mean? Like you can say how racist this country might be, but then you turn around and get a degree from Harvard or from Yale. And you can sit here and say that in in the acting community, you can sit here and say that the Latinos are are underly represented, but at the same time, um, where are my, where are my big Latino uh, actors who've made millions and millions and millions? Why aren't they producing? Mm -hmm. Why aren't they writing? And And that's the issue that we have with some of these 
um, actors, actress, even um, some of these musicians, you know, why aren't they creating something to pass down to our own people? It's yeah. like they kind of make it and forget about us, right? And I think that's what the people are feeling. Oh, for sure. I think the attack should not be on the outside sources, on the blame the whites or blame the country, blame this. I think we should be blaming ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think we have to really take an internal look into our own culture and say, why aren't we, why aren't we reaching back and bringing forward? 100%. Right? Why aren't we lifting our own up? Bro, in the acting community of Latinos, bro, it's a dog-eat-dog world. Mm-hmm. They will fucking eat you alive. They won't promote you. They won't support you. Why? Because you're going to take my roles. Mm-hmm. The fear of, of, of uh, they call it, um, the, it's essentially they're afraid that there's not enough for not everyone. Enough. Yeah, uh, scarcity mindset. Scarcity, right? Yeah. Right. They, they fear scarcity. They feel yeah. like there's not enough. Like, oh no, uh, if you take, you're gonna take my role. One of my best fucking dudes from Mayans, his name is Gino Vento. He played Nestor, and this motherfucker says, "Bro, if you get the role, it was meant for you, and if I get it, it was meant for me. That's how it is. And if you wow. think like that, that's beautiful. Because like, who gives a fuck if mm-hmm. me and you go for the same role and you get it? It was meant for you, dog. Yeah, and if you win, it's supposed to be. If you win, I win. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, that's how it's supposed to be. I tell veterans that all the time. Like, bro, if I win, we win. Yeah, the bigger I get, we all get. That shows that we can get there. Yeah. But in the Latino, so my whole past fucking 10 plus years have been focusing on veterans, veterans, veterans. When I wrote this book, I realized because I don't focus on race, mm-hmm. dog. I don't focus on this thing that everyone, a lot of people do because I've raised in LA, bro. Everyone's mm-hmm. colors. Yeah, you know what I mean? We all got yeah, colors, bro. Yeah. I went to combat with dudes. I don't care what your colors, motherfucker. Let's right. stay alive. You know right. what I mean? Stay so alive, yeah. my world of survival has been so different that we didn't look at the small thing of race, right? That's first world mm-hmm. fucking issues, homie. You know what I mean? First world issues. Let me find something else to complain about is really what it comes down to because in the reality of my world has been survived, motherfucker. When you're in LA, don't get shot by a fucking gang in the 90s, homie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You already know. Mm-hmm. Walking down the street like, oh shit, is this a drive-by or not? Let me lay on the ground yeah. real quick. The path car path let me get up and keep yeah, going wearing the wrong color right you know what i'm saying like, <laughs> you know what that saying? was the color we had to worry about not the skin color you know so we're worried about what color jersey you had on yes. what shirt you on the wrong what street hat, hat, it's a different world then i wasn't worried about fucking racism dog when people say like the cops are racist back then like yeah you do that but fucking do your best not to get in trouble homie you don't have to see that <laughs> you know what i mean i got pulled over and had a gun put in my head before me and three homies were just driving mm-hmm. doing stupid shit my buddy grabs a fucking street cone like a dumbass we got pulled over guns i wasn't mad at the cops for doing that now if he beat the fuck out of me i would probably have been pissed but mm-hmm. i didn't think all cops sucked because of that day I thought like my dumb ass did a dumb thing. <laughs> you think your per- perspective would have changed? If, let's just say you were raised in the South or somewhere, you yeah. know, California. You said no. Oh, absolutely. Dog. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Talk about it. our environments, bro. Yeah. Our environments yeah, yeah, are yeah, everything. Yeah. You know, like I said, like these, these, these very intelligent people, they go to these academics and they talk about they, you know, they, they have their perception. I think that perception is wrong, but at the same time, you know, I can't tell anyone and like how you're raised is how you see the world. It is what it is. But yeah. when I was living, I'll say it this way. When I was living in Kentucky, mm. I moved to Kentucky for baseball. I was a Hispanic dude in Kentucky. I was surrounded by whites and blacks only. There is no, if you know a Mexican in fucking Kentucky, he's a migrant worker. Mm. Okay. Or he washes dishes at the fucking restaurant. This mm. is the truth. Cause I used to work at mm. Texas Roadhouse and you know what they called those dudes? They didn't have names, bro. They called them amigos. Mm. That's because that's the only way they can talk to him because those who didn't speak English and they just hired him to fucking wash dishes. Say, hey, amigo, can you wash this? Okay. Amigo, can you? Okay. Right. And when I got there, I'm a Mexican. They mm-hmm. go, hey, uh, what are you, dude? Because I I'm, I'm a, I speak like a California fucking kid, dog. Right, right, right? right. I'm tall. I'm in shape at the time. I'm fucking playing baseball. I had fucking long hair. So I don't look like the Mexicans that they associate with. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm Mexican. Mm-hmm. And I know I feel, I don't see myself any different from them either, personally, because it's just the way I grew up in LA, dog. Yeah, there's another Mexican yeah. too. I'm Mexican too. We yeah. both fucking love right. fucking, you know, we eat the same shit, dog. Right. So when they said I was Mexican, they're like, No, you're not. Yeah, I am Mexican. So they don't know any. Their perspective of what Mexicans are is migrants. So yeah, it took a minute for me to kind of teach my friends. Like, no, dog, Mm -hmm. they have fucking names, homie. And that guy's Juan and that guy Jose. Mm -hmm. And they're fucking real people, dog. Like, like you guys should just shouldn't call them that. It's probably wrong. But their perspective is it wasn't any different. They did look at them as as beneath them in a sense. And not not in like the harsh way, right? Not with like ill intent. Mm -hmm. They just said... They don't speak English. They're illegal. And then, you know, what's crazy is, you know, like you said, their perspective is so skewed. You know, what if they went to Dominican Republic, Cuba, Puerto Rico, and I seen a Afro-Latino, yeah. a black person. And speak oh, they would have flipped it. They you know, would've they would have flipped. flipped. Yeah. And, you know, um, I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting. Like you go to South America and you see all colors of people, very different from what we see in California. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I mean, just very interesting. I, it'd be very interesting to see like, they coming across somebody like that. Check this out. Here's a thought. I, I, I text one of my buddies who were writing partners. We're working on another script right now about something. But I hit him up with weird ideas because he's, he's, a, he's a far out fucking thinker. But I said, what if we wrote, what if we wrote a movie about an American mm-hmm. going into Mexico and complaining mm-hmm. that no one treats them fair? Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. I'm not saying Mexicans, Mr. Sam. I'm saying someone who comes here illegally. In the books that I've read, the people who've come over illegally, they feel targeted. But yeah, but if you rob a fucking bank, dog, you can always look over your shoulders and see if you fucking, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, whether you believe in illegal immigration is is good or bad, that's a whole different argument. But if at the time you broke a law, you know you're gonna mm-hmm. you, you have to look over your shoulder. So that's kind of like a self-induced trauma mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and i get it i get i i get why anyone would if i was bro if i was in mexico i would have crossed illegally too and i would have fucking made the best of this shit that's what i would have done mm-hmm. too so i don't i don't get mad at it i i really it's it's a valid argument i would but i wouldn't sit here and complain and be like man they might catch me i'll be like bitch they might i'm gonna yeah. try not to they might not. I'm, not, right. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna do my best not right. to get caught motherfucker because i'm gonna make the most of this i'm gonna yeah. fucking build a i'm gonna build a fucking company i'm gonna make millions i'm gonna put my kids in college and they're gonna fucking be american that's how i would see the world and that's how a lot of migrants uh immigrants did see the world bro they did see united states my problem with all this and, and, and i'll and i'll get down to why and i think why what you're doing with your podcast is important if we don't have voices speaking on both sides of this argument, mm-hmm. if we don't have people having the voice, if we don't have our writers and our thinkers showing different perspectives, well, then when our kids get older, they only have one viewpoint of what this world is. Mm-hmm. And they will see it as victims and they'll see it as as the world is racist and mm-hmm. that they're beneath them and they're lower. They, are, they will be told that they're beneath other people to the left and right of them because of their skin color. And I would not agree to that. I don't fucking cater to that idea. My truth is this. I can do whatever the fuck I want as long as I work hard for it. And so when I write these books and I do this podcast today and as you do yours, Mm -hmm. it's setting an example that there is more for us if we want it. It's it's putting yourself out there to not be a, a voice of this racism or, or this oppression, but more as the success and the, and the opportunities mm-hmm. perspective is a glass half full or half empty. Most of these people want to see the glass half empty. I want to see the motherfucker full. Yeah. Full. You know what I'm saying? And I want to give my kids that perspective. I want them to see the world in a light that is like anything is fucking possible. 
And the truth is, that is the truth. Mm-hmm. You are able to do this, your wife able to do this, all this in this country that some people would deem as racist and this. But I think as much as it might be, it still is a land where you can do whatever you want with that. You can let that idea slow you down and give you an excuse. Or you can say, fuck you. Let me see how good I can do it. Mm-hmm. You know yeah, what I'm saying? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's funny because we recently had a clip on social media kind of go viral and it's a little different from what we're talking about um, in the clip, the young lady was talking about like how you can invest in the Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. And like given these great incentives and whatnot, I thought it was great information. But my point of saying that is like, what we try to do on the podcast is like you said, be kind of the middle ground, give people information and allow you to do what you want with the information. Yeah. We're not like, this is for someone. So this is for this type of people, this color of people, this is for, yeah, well, exactly. And like the comments, I mean, this thing got like eight hundred thousand views, and like Damn. comments talking about racism and um, the Dominican Republic. And it, I mean, it was. And I'll show you after. I mean, the comment section was crazy. Why? So, so the, you guys are just trying to give good information, giving good information, like and bipartisan I, information. No, you know. And, what I mean? and so, and so, the response that we got was, and and I respect everybody's opinion. You know, a lot of people had a problem with investing in a country that treats their their sister brother side, um, with I guess they were saying with disrespect. So they're talking about the challenges between Haiti and the Dominican yeah. Republic. That's what they're talking about. So a lot of people say, I would never invest in a country like this. I would never do this. Um, you know, people from the DR, they're scammers, there's this and that. Right. I mean, it's it's crazy. They're even saying the guy in the video, me, looks like a scammer. I'm not gonna, <laughs> it, I mean, it's crazy, man. So we ended up, you know, following up. So what, what I wanted to do was to just continue to educate the people, give you guys information, yeah. let you do what you want with it. We followed up with an episode, like addressing some of the biggest points in the comment section. <laughs> and I mean, that's all we can do and Bro. treat people with respect. That's the problem, though, right, is that social media gives everyone a voice. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what their education level is. doesn't matter what the validity of their argument is. doesn't matter about anything. Sometimes people are just bored as fuck with their life and they just want to yeah. chime into other people's shit. Yeah. Right? Sometimes they don't really give a fuck about the topic they said. They just want to throw something out there. They want to throw stones. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so that's a big problem of why I'm frustrated, too, mm-hmm. because when I post something that, you know, when I wrote the book... It was nothing more than here's the information of a career field that is being demonized and here's the truth of it. Plain and simple. And then I get an article on Me Too. You know Me Too? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I, I called you about yeah, that. Bro, no, yeah. I said, did you read that? Yeah, bro, yeah, I yeah. Got, bro, yeah. I got blasted. They said yeah. the colonizer, they called me Uncle Uncle Juan. I mean, they called you every, everything Juan. in the book. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> anything in the book. And in my that, argument. That post, like, I've seen their other posts. That one probably, like, went the most viral out of everything else they posted. It's their... It's really the first time they've ever posted something that might be pushed more towards the right side yeah. of any kind of discussion. Mm-hmm. Now, the woman who wrote that, she said, look, I read the book. I like it. But, you know, mm-hmm. I think we should I think we should post on it. And yeah. I said, I'm going to get shit on. She goes, even good. She goes, even bad publicity is good publicity. I said, hey, it's all good. I'm down with it. So I wrote the most cleanest version of this because it was by email Mm -hmm. and they still pieced it in a way that sounded kind of like, I was like, ah, all right, it is what it is. Yeah, they knew what they were doing. But I guarantee almost no one read that, read the article. They just saw the picture and assumed. 
right? And they and that's they, another issue that we have. Not to cut you off. No, but yeah, you're um, right. Our people don't do our due diligence. Yeah. And and look, I'll raise my hand and say when it comes to like politics and whatnot, as we're having these conversations, it's something I need to approve upon as well. But when it comes to you know politics, financial literacy, we do not do our due diligence. We scroll yeah. on Instagram, like you said, everybody has a voice, and that's where we get our information from, and that's it. You know, that's where we get a perspective from immediate gratification yeah. information, bro, which is not a hundred percent facts. Yeah. The, the world of really educating yourself is lost. Mm. You know, um, I've changed a lot of things on how I do life and, and why I'm able to read so many books, either I'm audio booking or reading them is because I, I make sure that I do not want to be the uneducated person in the argument. Mm. I want to know my subject. And so currently since I got and I got thrusted into this fucking topic, I become a subject matter expert of the border, mm. which branches off of that is immigration. And then a branch off of that is like Latino culture. You know mm. what I mean? And so now I'm like, all right, motherfucker, well then get correct. Yeah. And so I've read probably 10 to 15 books in the past fucking four months to, to kind of see what everyone's viewpoints of this. I've read some fucking incredible books, dude, that I was like, oh, what a gorgeous take on this. And it might not be my viewpoint, but beautiful how they did that. And I've read books that I absolutely fucking hated. And I was like, that's weird. Right. But I have to, because I do not, I do. I want to be, if I'm in this position and the world's going to throw me into this, right. I'm thrusted into it. Fine. By my own fucking, by my own fucking doings. I want to be good at it. Yeah. I want to do the right thing for our people. And I say our people, I mean, for my kids, for, for, for people who are looking for information for America, for even the Latino culture, once they start to understand it, what, what I was saying before is like, and just like your podcast, like we need voices mm-hmm. that are pushing positive messaging. Mm-hmm. So outside of my infantry world, I was a psychological operations NCO, which psychological operations is kind of like, a form of marketing manipulation. I don't mm-hmm. fucking know. I don't know. I, I, I'm trying to trying to make that a civilian term. Sounds really <laughs> shitty. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is. It is essentially using messaging to convince people to do things. Mm. It, and I can't say it. Mm-hmm. I can't say it in this yeah, way, but I'll yeah. say it. It's what the news does to all of us. Mm-hmm. They use a form of psychological operations, right? Digital influencing 100%. through emotional topics and drives traffic. Yep. They do that daily. And so we have to be very cognizant about the information we take in and what we soak in and what we believe is real. At the same time, we have to counter that with good information and positive for our own communities, for my kids, for your kids, for, for your future, for our culture. And so why I decided to take a put my foot down and it's like, uh, I got to be more present in mm-hmm. how I address this topic. Mm-hmm. Why don't more people think like that? Why don't more of us think like that? Where instead of know. just taking information at face value, why don't we dig a little deeper? I don't know. It's fucking weird. You know, some people say that they, they believe that we weren't meant to receive this kind of information the way we do. Like, I think technology has surpassed the way we, we soak in information, right? We retain. And that to the point, it's so unhealthy that people don't know how to manage it. And a, there's a few of us that are learning how to cope with it. I'm really good at shutting off shit I don't want and taking in the mm-hmm. stuff I do, right? I mean, you can scroll through and you see 20 deaths in a fucking, you know, I watch videos of people dying. I'm like, nope, stop, don't don't keep doing that. Go, go, to, go to inspiration, go to motivation, mm-hmm. go to, go to the word of God, yeah, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I believe technology has gotten to a point where us as humans don't have the capability of really digesting all that information healthy. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why the immediate gratification and the lack of efforts in, in educating ourselves is even a thing. 
You know what I mean? I have, I have a daughter who's 21 and we argue all the time about politics. Mm. And I'm like, why am I arguing with her? Mm. She's never going to see it my way because she sees her bullet point arguments and she has her opinions on it. And why do I give a fuck? Mm. <laughs> and that's what comes yeah. I just think we're not capable of soaking in the information. Some of us are, are ready to try and do the right thing by it. No, that's interesting because it's almost like we've seen so much in one day, in one sitting. It's almost like we're desensitized to anything. So we get that hit of dopamine real quick. Like, okay, me too. Vincent Vargas, on to the next. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to even read the article. On to the next. Yeah, like, fuck him, next. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly oh, what it is. God, dude. What's oh, going, what's going on in our world, dude? Man. How, how did you get to the point where you felt like you wanted to be a voice? Mm, that's a great question. Um, again, I think it goes back to just filling that void to what what's not out there, right? And uh, man, I just shout out to all the Latinos out there, but I'm big on community. Like everything I do in my business, podcast, um, I have a men's group that we can we can talk about that as well. It's all community based. Like the community comes first, and I think a lot of people don't have that mentality. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like you can put yourself on the the podcast cover art and whatever. That it's going to be about you. Great, but for me, it's always been about community. I think that was missing um, for our people. Yeah, I think it's you know I did a podcast uh, before. I kind of had this setup. I used to do just like on Zoom mm-hmm. during COVID, during mm-hmm. all the weird times. And I did one with Clayton Cardenas, right, who plays one of the characters on Mayans. And it was a really cool podcast. But I had another guy reach out to me in Hollywood. And I won't even say his name, but he's a well-known director, Latino. And he goes, bro, it's weird that you you highlight all these Latinos, man, because no one does that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why don't they? I don't know, bro. I'm a fucking, I'm, I'm kind of like a foreign fucking entity in Hollywood, yeah. right? I come from nothing right into Hollywood and I kind yeah. of just jump into one of the biggest shows in Hollywood. So I got very fortunate and I don't know what the fucking protocols are or, or, or the background behind all this weird kind of like, uh, there's weird arguments that happen behind the scenes that I've never heard mm-hmm. of. I never, I didn't know Latinos don't fucking help each other very much in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. I didn't know they kind of, it's a dog eat dog world, right? Yeah. They'll fucking, they, they, you know, I didn't know that, right? The whole, you know, the, the, the whole thing with, with fucking, who's that, that, that comedian that fucking doesn't allow other people to fucking. George Lopez? George Lopez. Yeah. Remember that whole argument that yeah, went yeah, yeah, that yeah. came like, I didn't know all this stuff was a thing, but it was. And so this guy reached out to me and goes, Hey man, uh, he goes, it's dope. It's dope. You do that because yeah. not en- enough of us Latinos are helping each other. Yeah. And I hit my brother up, man. My brother's a fucking wise motherfucker dog. Like he's wise before years. I mean, he, if you grew up in LA, you would know my brother as a rapper he was a rapper for 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 a, a group called six symphonies cycle realm and street platoon right he's an mm. old school fucking student rapper right wow. but he's so far past that now he's a battalion chief in in chandler fire department right and so he's just a man of wisdom that i can go to and be like bro why don't why don't latinos help each other he goes i don't know bro it's been a thing he goes mm-hmm. look at this look at this and he's talking about other cultures and how they they bring their people up yeah. and they, they grow with them and why you know the black community and the rap and the rap communities mm-hmm. have grown and in and, and, and the black communities and, and film intelligence they've grown so mm-hmm. much and why latinos are so far behind well it's not because we waited for someone else to bring us up right the, the black community they grew because they grew mm-hmm. they chose to fucking nah nah it's time let's go mm-hmm. The Latino community hasn't. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think it's starting to. I've seen a couple yeah, Latino films to, where you're yeah. starting to see them come together yeah. and everybody kind of rising. But it should have been a thing 10 years ago, mm-hmm. 15 years ago. And now, you know what I mean? All these arguments about it. But that's when I realized, like, I didn't know this is a thing, dog. Why aren't we helping each other? I don't give a fuck about who sits on the other side of this mm-hmm. table, bro. Because to me, it's like, it doesn't hurt me. Let's have a good conversation, bro. But if it helps you more, fucking so be it, homie. It doesn't You're not taking from me, dog. There's no scarcity in this yeah, fucking yeah. conversation. You know what I mean? And I think I think that's what, that's what comes what it comes down to is a lot of us grew up with a scarcity mindset. Yeah. And when you have that scarcity mindset, you're you're vibrating at the lowest level, right? A frequency. I like that. So, you are in a mindset where there's not enough. There's not abundance out there, but like as you said, there's enough for all of us to eat. There's enough for us to, to have a role. You have a role. If you get this one, great. I'll get the next one, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. Or if you get this opportunity, you can put me on the next one. Um, we, we don't, I don't think we, we think that far in advance. We're mm-hmm. only thinking right now. A lot of our, our people and, and I'm not sitting here like bashing our people at all. It's just the reality of how we come up and how we were raised. Uh, we're not thinking about like investing. We're not thinking about like, what we're going to do next month. We're trying to figure out what, how we're going to survive today. How is, are we going to... F- is that because of systemic racism? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Bro, you, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's interesting because you're 100% right. My parents didn't learn, uh, didn't teach us financial literacy. They learned it and mm-hmm. they fucked it up a few times. And I'm still trying to learn it, right? It wasn't handed down to us. But uh, I don't understand why a lot of us have started again maybe that is the systemic racism that people talk about Mm -hmm. but even if that is that isn't the excuse that we can give ourselves for not learning something that's so at the fingertips of of our phones in our computers yeah right like 100 percent. maybe systemic racism is a thing okay and and maybe that's why you have uh, you know, lower income communities who, mm. who kind of get stuck in that, who probably can't afford internet. Yeah. I don't fucking know. I don't know these days because it's different than mm-hmm. my era. I know most people, everyone has a phone. If you have a phone, you have access to the internet, but maybe that's the reason why. But I still don't want to give that excuse validity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I want to say like, it is the perspective that you're, you're raised to believe. Mm-hmm. If my mom was telling me that it's like, I, so I, t- I talked this to, to veterans and I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I, no, that's what I thought was you interesting. Get, was like, maybe that is the systemic racism that people feel because. Because what if they don't have that thought or that mindset that we have to just make it happen? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they're always struggling to survive. Mm-hmm. They're struggling to, to find the fucking, to pay the bill. Mm-hmm. And why are in that position? Well, because they don't have the education to get a better job. That's going to give them more opportunity, more freedom, more chance to advance. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. But there's still outliers in that. There's, there's still there's outliers who 100%. grew up in poverty, low education, has made a fucking beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. What gave that person that ability to do that? I think my mom is an outlier. I, I, I really believe my mom, in her little world, she's an mm-hmm. outlier. She just said, mm, I don't know why. Like, what gave her that? But mm. I don't know, man. I, it, yeah. So, fuck. Financial literacy is a tough one, dude. It is. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's tough to tackle. Definitely tough to tackle. And it's like, 
it, we're creating so much content. It's like, how come? And it, we're, we're definitely growing. Yeah. You know, we'll get there. We'll get to where we want to be at. Um, but it's like, man, our people, we rather be entertained than educated. <laughs> That's what it seemed like. Yes. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I started this whole entertainment space mm -hmm. as complete entertainer. Yeah. YouTube, make funny videos. People love them. They share them. It goes viral. We sell t-shirts. And then at one point, my heart's not in it as mm -hmm. much anymore. I've had people like, bro, can you make one of those funny videos? I'm like, I don't fucking want to. I'm not your fucking monkey, dog. Yeah, you know, no, you, right, right, you right. don't just throw fucking money away and I dance. Mm -hmm. It's not attractive to me anymore. Mm -hmm. I like to tell the stories. I like to hear the truth. That's why I've kind of gravitated more towards journalism because I feel like it's like more authentic message. Mm -hmm. In real journalism, not like fucking the news journalism, like, let me just sway an agenda. No, I'm talking like, let's get into the cool stories of like, journalism is real. That's not me having a shtick to get you to laugh, right? That's not creating a character. So people, hey, what's up, guys? You know, you know what I mean? It's honest. And I think that's the only way I can be content in creating content. So when I did an interview with someone. They said, they said, um... Yeah, you're you're acting, you know, this and that. And he goes, but then your 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 podcast is so informal. He goes, is that hard for you to do? I was like, no, it's I want you. it to be. <laughs> it's you. Yeah, or else this becomes work. Yeah. If I have to be, I'm be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're point one, you're right? Because then it's fucking work, dog. And then you're not getting the authentic me who's just having a conversation. Yeah. Because like I'm not the end all be all of information. I don't fucking know everything. I don't know a lot of things. I'm here to ask questions and try and learn them. You know what I mean? I think in this conversation, I thought the the, the systemic racism comment that came back to us was like oh well maybe there it is right and i think that's valuable dude it's yeah. something that i can sit and think like that was that's a cool interesting conversation yeah man. and i think these conversations need to be had because you know i'm finding out things that like okay i need to go back and do my research on and educate myself on even more and you know because this this can come up again even when talking about financial literacy talking about it, business it has to yeah financial um, literacy in business there's not a lot tell me some of the top latinos in business right now that that you know on social media is there any man you know what if you go online and if you look up and so that's one of the reasons why i wanted to focus on the latino community um uh, because i had another podcast called the beautiful struggle and we had i would have everybody on there anybody and i'm like yo wait why is it so hard to find like successful latinos out there yeah. why is it um so that's why i shipped it and i really wanted to focus on those people but like you go online you look up like top latino entrepreneurs it's gonna be like j-lo pitbull oh oh you know your, the, your actors and actors yeah, and like the usual I'm like, that's a different world yeah you should look at Cody Sanchez and see what she is. I know who she is. Yeah. yeah but is she Hispanic? She has to be. I think she is. She's going to be out here in Dallas next month. So I'm going to, I'm going to reach out to her and see. Yeah. Let, let me know, man. Yeah. I think let's get on the podcast. Yeah. That'd be dope. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. She, um, I mean, I, off the top of my head, I don't have, let me see. There's, there's a couple out there. There definitely is. There's a dude in LA who has a gym that I talked to. He's pretty dope. Um, he has a company. I think it's called self-made self-made fitness. Yeah. Him. Yeah. Yep. We've talked several times. I've thought about opening one of his gyms. Yeah. Yep. He's pretty fucking dope. No, he's yep. Latino and he's I, pretty successful. Yep. Um, I mean, I was in the Inland Empire and he has a bunch of those gyms out there. Yeah. He's, he's a cool cat. Yeah. And we've talked like I, so that's, that's someone I know is a successful Latino. Yeah. hundred percent. We can get him on the podcast, bro. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're out there. I don't want to make it seem like they're no, not. No, but it's, it's good to know. Like it's For good sure. to like in, in look, there's people who listen to this podcast that are not Latino. 
and they're like, why is this important? Well, bro, it's important to have representation representation in your world that that relates to you, that has that looks like you, that feels like a your young kids who don't have opportunity that they can, they have a beacon of light, someone that looks like them, that sees them. Yeah, It's important to have that. And if you don't understand that, well then, you know. You, it ain't for you. Yeah, it ain't for, <laughs> exactly, it ain't for you, bro. And, that, and that's, I love that because the, the kids that we're talking about earlier that are, that are in low income housing, that are in the hood, whatever the case is that grew up similar to us, if they can just see someone that looks like them, that came from where they came from, make it out to be, an actor, to be a business owner, to be whatever it is, like you said, it gives them that beacon of hope that they can do it as well. If that's all they fucking have and yeah. that's what motivates them, fuck yes, yeah. dude. Yeah. I have so many just random dudes. That, I have guys that joined the Border Patrol because of me, but years ago, because yeah. they heard about me doing it, and I'm, I ran into one. He goes, yeah. dude, I'm a, I'm a Border Patrol agent because of you. Mm. I'm like, dude, Latino kid. And I'm like, dude, that's dope, bro. That's crazy. He's his life. He's making a hundred K a year now fucking doing a job that he believes in mm. because he saw another Latino doing it. Mm-hmm. That feels good. You no, know what I'm 100%, saying? 100%. And like, and, and I'm going to be straight with you, dog. I've never, never wanted to wear that jacket of I'm Latino. I'm proud. Like follow mm. me because I didn't want to, I didn't want to alienate other followers. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to feel like, like, but but writing this book opened my eyes to a side of me that I, I feel like I need to address mm-hmm. because man, I'm proud as fuck of being Latino dog. Mm-hmm. I'm pr- I do. I love Damn. the Puerto Rican, yeah. my Puerto Rican culture. I love my Mexican culture. Yeah. Something so gorgeous about both, both of those. And like in the argument of people saying, well, you, you know, you're, you, if you, too, if you assimilate too much in American to, to be American, you, you turn white. I'm like, not even dog. Like my kids, they know what Puerto Rican and mm-hmm. Mexican, they know, you know, like my, my, my daughter, my, my, she just did a whole thing with the uh, pasteles, bro. She mm-hmm. did the assembly line yeah, of pasteles, yeah. bro. Oh, she's putting in work in. I mean, yeah, she, she putting in work. But that's a cultural thing that's <laughs> yeah. handed from generation, yeah. bro. And the it's recipes important to of implement that. those. Very Absolutely. Because if she loses that, she loses her Puerto Rican culture. 100%. That's, and, that's something that my wife and I talk about all the time. She's, she's black. I'm Puerto Rican. Um, she's got, you know, parts of our cultures that we want to implement to our kids and show them, right? Yeah, Same absolutely. thing with my culture. So um, very, very important. So like I'd be hitting my mom up like, yo, how do you make this? How do yep. you make this to prepare myself for when I have kids um, to keep passing on, passing it all along to them We're as gonna well. have to have you over when my wife cooks some Puerto Rican. Come on, let's do it. <laughs> Come on, bro, let's do it, bro. <laughs> Easy, I'll Does bring your wife like to... Puerto Rican food? Oh yeah. Oh we, good. I told you we were just in Puerto Rico for um, her birthday. So she, I surprised she her. We, she loved it. So that's the second time we went out there. We were on the west side. I think um, we went up to Isabella. Yes. And you told me about that area, and we went up there, and it was it was beautiful. We you had see a great the beach day. out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah gorgeous. Well, that's why I surfed for the first time ever yeah. out there, dude. And it's like, you know, I was telling one of my one of my uh, friends. He's Puerto Rican as well. Like, man, whenever I go back to the island, I just felt like I belong here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's it just feels like a fresh breath air. It feels like a warm hug. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, just just love being out there, man. Yeah. You know, you know, I wrote a script that I'm still trying to get pitched out to to, you know, the whole Hollywood scene. And it's called Mexican. And it's about mm-hmm. me and my wife being blended. And I wrote it in a sense where I'm Mexican. And she's Puerto Rican because I was raised mm-hmm. more Mexican. Is she Puerto Rican? She Puerto Rican? I was 100 percent. Oh, okay, yeah, both, both parents were born in the island, bro. Wow. You know, and then they moved to at a young age and moved to one of the um, Brooklyn and the other one to Philly, I think mm-hmm. it was. But yeah, so my, my wife's 100% Puerto Rican. She she was on the island for a year when she was little. like And so like 
her family's there, her grandparents are there, so we still go, you know. But I was raised Mexican because of where I was at mm-hmm. in LA, and you know how like, yeah. mm-hmm. tell me where another Puerto Rican was. It was very hard True. to find at the time, bro. Like we, my 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 grandmother lived in the projects with my aunts and my my parents at one point, and it's like four apartment buildings all next to each other. It's all family. Yeah, 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 that's it. And uh. In, in, in the crazy thing about it all, man, when I wrote the script, I was trying to explain to the world that probably doesn't realize, like, even though, like, I'm American, I'm so culturally diverse in my world that the beautiful thing about Puerto Ricans and Mexicans, if someone, when I was younger, if I called another kid, hey, are you Mexican? He said he's Puerto Rican, he'd be pissed. Like, no, nah, bro, I'm Puerto Rican. You know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah. everyone gets upset and offended, yeah, yeah. right? Because we're proud of our culture. We're proud, yeah. But the beautiful thing about it and the funny thing about it is they're all the same. We love good music, good food, and good good family, like family mm, traditions. Yeah. And so like when you make a pastel, anyone who doesn't know what a pastel is, it's essentially uh, you're using uh, the plantains uh, and you're mashing them up yep. and, and, and then you're gonna be putting meat inside the center yeah. and they wrap it in a banana leaf and they boil it, right? And yeah. so that's how you cook it and it's a traditional meal. Yeah. It's- Puerto Rican version of uh, tamale. tamale. So now, if you've ever been in, in a Mexican household and the family's making tamales, you know the assembly line mm-hmm. that is done. We're same. doing the masa and the cornmeal. It's same the same thing. fucking same shit thing. in Puerto Rican. Yeah. It's the same, bro. I can actually film two of those together and put them in. If you just have the backs to the camera, no one's going to know which one is which. It's gorgeous. Same time as flan. Who makes flan? Bro, Puerto Everybody. Ricans will claim it. Yeah. Mexicans will claim it. Yeah. Filipinos will claim it. Yeah. Fucking it. Spain. Everybody yeah. wants to claim this yeah. shit, bro. Even fucking everybody. And which is True. gorgeous. The first fucking uh, Thanksgiving I went to with my, my wife, uh, they had flan. I was like, oh shit, you guys got some Mexican flan. You can buy your ass in. No, and this is her grandma. All pissed like, nice, me. I'm nice. like, I was like, my bad, like yeah. I'm learning, you know what yeah. I mean? And that's where like I wrote the script because I think um, our cultures, I think the Latino cultures need to be, instead of being divided, need to be coming together. Mm. I think the Latino culture needs to pick themselves up. I think the Latino culture needs to not allow themselves to be victims of the outside sources who tell them that uh, you're being oppressed. Mm. I believe an oppressed mind believes they're oppressed. Mm. I believe if you believe you're free, you can accomplish more. It's mm. the same as the fleas. If you tell yourself you can't jump, you won't. It's the same as if, you, if, you, if you're waiting for someone to save you, you know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I believe that Latino culture, um, we can be, we can have the next president, we can have uh, the next big actors, we can have it all, you know what I mean? And we have to share that with our, our youth. We have to enlighten them. We have to bring them up. We have to give positive psychology to here in America with a land of opportunity. You can sit here and be angry you can be blame it on racism. You can do all these things or the perspective of the glass half mm-hmm. full. Yeah. You can help each other out. You can be successful. Yeah. You know, you can earn it. You know, what you're basically saying is the most cliche quote of all time. Life is what you make it. Yeah. And it's cliche. We all heard it a million times, but like, I truly believe that. And I I want to uh, encourage anybody out there, whether you're Latino or not, you are worthy or capable of accomplishing whatever it is that you want. Absolutely. You know, you're you're able to do that. You know, if you are blessed enough to be listening to this podcast on your iPhone or something like that, you probably have enough and you have what it takes to to start that business, to start your own content or whatever the case is. um, And you are enough. You can do it. Absolutely. I think that's the gorgeous thing about being in America is your experience in America is what you make of it. Yeah. You but, know you, but you got to believe it though. You, you got to believe, believe it. You got to believe that. Gotta you got to believe, believe it. that. 100%. Bro, tell them where they can see your podcast, man. And see man. More about you. So check us out on Instagram, Latin Wells. 
you can go to Google, you can go to Apple Podcasts, everywhere that you listen to a podcast and just type in Latin Wells everywhere and it will pop up. Uh, we have interviews that we do every Friday. And then we also have something called Wealth Wednesday, where we talk about like trending news, trending topics and how it relates to the Latino community. And yeah. Dude, the other owner of this podcast, right? My partner mm-hmm. is Mike Mendez. He's big in the finances world, as in he, he. I feel like I've seen him before. So, so, you, so you got to hit he him. He lives up. out here. No, he lives in Lubbock, but he's okay. my he's my homie, and so he'd be great for, for an interview. Yeah. But I'd love to get on an interview yeah, in your yeah, podcast, yeah. bro, and yeah. talk about it. hundred uh, percent. Any other social media you want to plug? Anything That's else you want to plug? Man, just focusing on that right now. And Latin Wealth, that's it. There you go. Yeah. And your social media, do you, you have a social media for you, you if personally? You, if you want to reach out to me, I'm always going to reply. Uh, you can find me at Chris Bayoso on Instagram. Um, I'll always respond and whatnot. Right now, I'm taking a break from social. I'm yeah. doing a little fast from social, Good. but send me a DM. We'll chop it up. Let's let's work, create content, whatever you want to do. Let's make it happen. Yeah, Chris is the one who manages our podcast. So if you like the clips, if you like his work, him and his team are, are top notch. You know, I've worked with a lot of people before, but I could actually tell him, like, yo, bro, we need this. Let's work together. Blah, blah, blah. And he's been able to be super mm-hmm. successful for yeah. us. And we're happy and we're, we're picking up a couple other projects. And so I'm super proud of that, man. So thank cool. you. Um, no. Before we get out of here, let me hit up some of these sponsors. You guys know uh, Core Medical Group is a testosterone replacement therapy. Uh, if you guys are not sure if you need that, you guys can hit them up and they'll run your blood work. Uh, let them know the Vinny Rock podcast sent you. Okay, that's Core Medical Group. If you guys don't have their contact information, hit me up directly. I'll give it to you. Uh, you got Ruck Pack. You guys saw me drink on the opening of the show. Did you try it? Did you no, drink I'm it? A, you grab, try, that? Let me try right now. grab that right now, bro. <laughs> let me try right Ruck now. Ruck Pack. Yeah, it was started by a you know, military member who was on the job doing the thing in Iraq and Afghanistan. He felt he needed something of clean energy, something that, that was going to help them during when they're on target. And so he created this. Uh, it's called Ruck Pack. Uh, we're excited to have it. I've been taking it almost every day. I probably should slow down because I feel like my mind is on target. I will say I did take um, the caffeine, the caffeine one, one? B- before a workout and the workout was great. Was it? Yeah. So this Good. is non-caffeinated. So I'm gonna give this a shot. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Now, you know, the taste could be strong for some people. I liked it, but, uh, you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's it, those energy drink shots are always kind of a little bit They're different of an approach, yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. It's like lightning in a bottle, bro. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Let me see how this tastes. There it is. Okay. You're going to see your ancestors, dog. <laughs> <laughs> This one tastes better. Does it? Yeah. You I like, like the this flavor one. of this one better. This one's better. I like the flavor yeah. of this one. Yeah. Good. Good, good, good. So you guys go check out. And I'm Ruck. not lying. I would tell the truth. <laughs> as, you, not, as you should, bro. No, I'm yeah. not lying either. That's not bad. Turn, let's turn that label around so they yeah. can see Ruck Pack. There, there you, go. you go. Perfect. Um, <laughs> Mid 45. I'm waiting for my shipment to get here. Mid45 underscore US. Mid45 is Kratom. Uh, it is a plant medicine that people are using right now for a, a replacement for opiates. I have not tried it yet personally, um, but I believe in this because of my friend who tells me veterans have been saving their lives by transitioning themselves to Kratom. Uh, we're going to have one of their specialists on the podcast here soon to explain everything about it. I have tons of questions, uh, but I am just a conduit to connecting dots for people who are looking for answers. And if you have of someone in your family or yourself struggles with opiates and looking for a transition out of that, uh, I would ask you to go look at MIT45, a company that we support, heavily support veterans, they heavily support law enforcement. I don't know the parameters of what's legal, what's not. So uh, it is legal in 
almost every state because it is just a plant medicine compound. But I know there's some businesses that do not like their, their, their employees taking it. So look into that before you do GMR gold. Uh, you could also get bullion box. Uh, that's a subscription box. GMR gold is your precious metals. So you guys go check that out. Precious metals right now are on the rise. The economy's getting weird. The precious metals is solid. So you guys could check them out. Everest trading post, everest.com. You can go find it there. Anything you need for outdoor use, you can get it at everest.com. Com. In modern gun school, uh, I'm telling you, I have so many people hit me up about this. If you want to learn how to be an armor in the comfort of your own home, go hit up Modern Gun School. All right. On Instagram, they changed to Modern Trade School. They're um, growing and they're they're transitioning to a few other areas. So it's not only Modern Gun School, but you guys go check out ModernGunSchool.com. And uh, you already know, veteran, Vinny Rock Podcast, all that stuff. We really appreciate you guys joining us on this topic. I know it's slightly different, but I think it's important to hit on everything that is on my fucking mind. I think it's the only genuine way to be. Please go I ahead. I want to give you your flowers for being consistent and having great guests on. Um since we started working together, like I've seen the progression, I'm being honest here, of the podcast and how you've just been getting better with the questions, the interviews, and the guests that have been coming on. Um, hopefully, you guys found value from this episode, but keep doing your thing, man. Like, whether we work together or not, I love what you're doing. I think you can definitely, I think you've definitely carved out a niche in your industry and what you're talking about that not many other people are doing the same, um, especially you being Latino and whatnot. So shout out to you for that. Thank you, bro. Appreciate mm -hmm. that, man. We got more guests coming, bro. Yes, I got to schedule them and I got to be here. <laughs> you got to get them in here. All right. See y'all later. Peace.